Welcome to the Rosewater Connection, a weekly podcast that explores all things related to mental health and wellness. I'm your host, Wes, and I'm joined by two amazing, very patient people, Heidi Carl, Director of Operations for BGC Saskatoon, and Clint Mraz, Registered Psychotherapist and owner of the Shift Counseling Services. How are you both today? Good. I'm feeling very patient today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're called to be patient, aren't we? Heidi. Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Wes? Tired. I'm tired. It's a really nice day out, though. So it's a, like kind of low energy, but wanting to be high energy, like trying. I ended up getting here. Cause in my head, I thought it was like, it's like a half hour drive. And what if there's a train or something? And it's not. It's like a 15 minute drive. <laughs> So I got here about half an hour early and then couldn't just park because it's only two hour parking. So I drove around down by the river for a while. That was really nice. And uh, yeah, but a little, I won't lie, a little low energy today. We're having some audio issues. So my attention is already split and there wasn't that much of it to begin with. So we'll see how this goes. Hey, we'll see how this goes. What a great attitude. Wake up every day. Just say to yourself, well, see how this goes. <laughs> All right, life. Let's see how this goes. Where are you going to take me today? I wonder what's going to happen today. It's like <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite clip. What are you going to do today, Napoleon? Whatever I want. Right? I'll do whatever I want. And we'll make it up as we go along. Probably make some plans and do that organizational stuff and whatnot, but lo and behold, what will the universe provide for us <laughs> every day? Mm, uncertainties, unknowns, and uh, all kinds of change. Truth. Clint, you had an idea for a topic today. Why don't you tell us what it is? Well, um, it's something that comes up in my daily work. Um, in all kinds of contexts, and I, I've shared this information with large groups as well, and it goes back to my time within my teaching career. Um, I took a, a workshop, a, a mini conference on nonviolent crisis intervention training, and it was it was excellent learning. It was learning about what do we do with our verbal communication. Lots of different levels and uh, dimensions of verbal communication that we can attend to and, and be aware of that makes, you know, some positive difference in interpersonal communication dynamics. And what's going on with our nonverbal communication? What are we doing with uh, all the stuff that isn't said, right? What's our body doing? It's communicating lots of stuff all the time. So after that training, I became interested in because I, I was fine. I was using it you know, often within my teaching career, uh, within my personal life, and, and it was good stuff. And so there came an opportunity to become a, an instructor um, for our school system for a number of years. 
And I enjoyed that immensely and offered up that, that content around nonviolent crisis intervention, verbal, nonverbal stuff. And so I, what do I notice? Is it still being utilized all the time within my work life, within my personal life? And I don't notice it, but something happened today that it just kind of triggered uh, my memory and uh, that reality. So I thought, why not? I'm going to put it out there. Let's talk about verbal and nonverbal communication and what makes, what are some best practices that make some positive um, situations? Uh, how can we alleviate uh, situations or soften situations that could potentially, you know, create a rupture in relationship or conflict? What do we do with our bodies? What do we do with our eye contact? What do we do with the, the closeness or the angles of our body connected to somebody else in time and space. It's quite fascinating. So, if you're not interested in this, that's okay, Wes, uh, Heidi, Heidi, Wes, uh, tell me to be quiet. Well, I'm interested in what happened. What came up for you today? It was just, it was a slight thing. It was around, you know, in conversation this morning, Somebody was talking about, it's just, it was about how you say something. It's not, it's actually not always the, the content, right? The information, but it's the tone <laughs> that can be picked up by somebody else. Because I could say, um, what was the exercise that we used to do? I didn't say that you were wrong. You could say it this way. I didn't say you're wrong. Or I didn't say you were wrong. I didn't say you were wrong. This is why I don't like texting. I don't I didn't say you were wrong. Right? Every time you put a different emphasis and inflection on different words within that statement right there, it changes across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm like, so I, I know we're, I think we're trying to keep it more to the verbal communication, but I'm even thinking there's all those inflections and then there's your body language too, right? Going along with it. If I'm like, I didn't say you were wrong and I'm looking up at the ceiling or I'm like mad dogging you and my eyes wide open, like, yeah. you know, there's <laughs> like a text and smiling and laughing yeah. and it comes across on the other side and it's like, yeah, grr, why are we fighting? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, 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 off topic already, but I punctuate a lot in my text messages. I mm -hmm. always, even if it's just yes, period, and people all the time interpret it as that, uh oh, like, what did I do? Why are you mad at me? Like, that's just, period goes at the end of a sentence. Like, are you not, a big exclamation mark guy? Not really. Okay. Like, I've kind of, I do sometimes to match other people's energy level or I think what they expect from me where I want to be like thanks but I'm worried that thanks period is a little too like this is an, you know, an, another didn't podcast, expect to go here today right because well we can stay here look what happens with texting communication and the ruptures that it causes yeah but it's the same you know like Wes just used the words match energy mm -hmm. right that's what we do in person too mm-hmm Except that in text, there's more opportunity for it to be taken the wrong way because yeah. we're reading it with our own tone. 
Yeah, like and, I. And, and there's that possibility for in person too, but more so. Well, and I think it's interesting too because I would probably. I think there's time. Well, do you want to save this for another one, or are we no, are no, we scrolling off here? Oh, okay, this is good. Okay, so I when I get a text from you, for example, right, and there's an exclamation mark at the end, I assume that's like you're you're joking, you're jovial, right? But if I didn't know you or I barely knew you, I might think that like, oh, you're giving me grief or something or, oh, I'm in trouble because like, like the other day when you texted me that, uh, oh, hey, Clint's uh, physiotherapist in the episode description, exclamation mark. I, I took that as like, haha, And then I, I think that's what it was. It but was, yeah. if I didn't know you and I just got that message. I might have been like, oh my gosh, oh, she's really upset with me. I need to do a better job at like <laughs> at reading this at 11 at night or whenever mm -hmm. I, I did that. But yeah, so I, I, it's interesting how you communicate or how, what the expectation is when there is no, it's, it's nonverbal communication through like the written word it's interesting because normally i think of nonverbal communication as like body language eye contact mm -hmm. but it can be we're still communicating words, but yeah. we're just uh, we're typing it out so much gets lost um it, it, it's the source of time and time again tons of ruptures <laughs> in in relationships mm. that's never gonna go away when it comes to texting and messaging individuals there's always going to be something that's misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, you know, I think as time has gone on, you know, a lot of individuals have gone to, had to go on through some experiential uh, suffering and learning <laughs> through all of that. So what, what do you do with texting communication? Yeah, I, I think as time goes on, you get smart about it. Uh, watch how you're doing it and with who, right? And you learn other people's little nuances yeah. like you said they're yeah they're i would call it you know texting personality mm -hmm. what does that look like and that's what you you match as far as yep energy when that goes but i find if i like you you can read into a text or an email with your own tone just depending on where you're at mm -hmm. yeah more often than in person because it can be done in person too yeah, all it takes is one, uh, you know, smiley face or a smiley emoji not being in a text communication, right? Oh, no. What's, what's wrong? Yeah, and see, again, I hate using emojis. Like, I'll do them now when I have to. I went through a very long period in life where, like, I refuse to use emojis just for whatever reason. I don't know. But now I have to, kind of. I do thumbs up in text, I think, and then... I'm writing a social media post and I, I do, but I, I don't like it. I don't feel Even thumbs up, after. that gets a bad rap sometimes. It's like, uh, what, I heard somebody say, you know, that comes across to them as being... Eh, um, shrugging you off? Or yeah, sh no, I think it was more... Oh, what was it? Because I could interpret it as, <laughs> you're not worth my time <laughs> yeah, to write what, out a response. That, that's what it was. Okay. It, was it was a flippant yeah, okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I use, you use the thumb up. I lot. use thumbs up to like finish off a conversation, yep. it's right? A, because I'm not saying thumbs up emoji is a bad thing, 
But that's an example of it gets misinterpreted oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just the world we live in. I get that. Like, yeah, I, I want to be as, done. I use it as not even I want to be done, but um, I want to acknowledge that I have received this message, but there's nothing else to say. Right? Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're done talking. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. So, what do you do then? If, you're, if I'm getting upset because Heidi's texting me thumbs up all day. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to get a, a, a verbal response over text. I'm getting upset. What do I do? Well, that, that's your problem. Okay. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> if it's really that important, you'll give her a call. Uh, just to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to misinterpret you. Should what's do, happening. Do uh, one of the, like, send an audio message over yeah. text and just say thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well like that the verbal stuff though there's three things that come up over and over and over that are very powerful um, and have quite an effect positively in negative ways Um, volume tone cadence speed of speech okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get loud right now okay I mean that's just a proactive communication so that you both a in warning. This room don't jump and get scared and you make a note of that also <laughs> note of, edit it later yes okay 34 minutes clint gets loud you're right all right go ahead so if i get loud right away it changes the energy in the space that you are sharing with somebody else right the frequency changes the, the volume goes up the energy the vibe changes Mics get blown out. <laughs> Mics get blown out. <laughs> and that's just one thing. That's that's volume. There's Somebody's always going to have a reaction to an increased level of volume that is different from conversational uh, volume. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that other person's reaction to the volume is. It could be nothing. It could be something. It could be really pronounced on volume alone. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and working with families, if I'm, you know, talking in, with a family all at once, and I and I pose the question, if I walk into your home, and I just observe, notice, and listen, what would I hear a lot? Would it be, you know, kind of normal conversational tone? Or would it be a very, very loud, high-volume um, household from n- numerous individuals? Mm-hmm. And just is no judgment. But here's the thing. If I hear that there's a lot of volume from a lot of people, and I recognize that within the midst, there's some sensitive souls who potentially are getting affected auditorily through high volume, that's triggering them. And that's that's affecting their nervous system and that's affecting their anxiety levels and that has negative effects on mood and that has you know some interplay with the relationship dynamics within the family some people might be fine with the high volume but there's somebody in the midst that might not be so what can we do about it we're going to become more aware of more cognizant of pay attention to what's my volume right now 
because if there's a chance that it could come down out of respect for potentially somebody else being affected, I'm going to try that out. And it's oftentimes worth it to just do some tries. Let's bring it down here. Let's bring it down. Consciously bring it down here. Because you get habitually used to being at a volume, 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 way high. Same with tone, right? Because I tone's really subtle. Sarcasm can be subtle. Edgy, frustrated, angry tone. Mm, a sad uh, tone. A fearful tone. All kinds of tones that get mixed in to language. Some we mean to use, some we don't. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, <clears throat> if in fact somebody's gotten into the habit of using a tone that's sarcastic, it doesn't go over very well with a lot of people. Oh, well, that's nice. Oh, earlier I said that was a good idea for a, oh. a topic, and then the room <laughs> fell silent, and I was like, what's, what's the matter? I meant it, but I had headphones on, and I had my own, like, echo, my, my own voice at a half-second delay, so I was talking kind of funny, and it <laughs> sounded sarcastic. Right? <laughs> I had to very, and I, I had to recognize that and be like, no, no, that's, that's, that's a good idea. I meant it, because... Uh, We've got to know our yeah. audience all the time, right? Uh-huh. Wherever we are, because you never know who's going to pick up sarcasm based on who they are, mm-hmm. based on their own history, mm-hmm. based on their temperament, um, all the biopsychosocial factors that uh, makes them up. So we watch our tone. Mm-hmm. We try to keep it general or more positive more often. Mm-hmm. We know that that has... Uh, under the best practices sort of umbrella, more potential for things to go better more often and better potential for things not to have ruptures as often. So watch our tone, watch our volume. And the last one is cadence, speed of speech. If I start talking really fast like this and we're and we're in the middle of something and I start explaining myself like this, I've, I've talked to you about this many, many times and I'm going to go over it again and go and this is escalating the situation. What happens to somebody who's getting anxious auditorily what they're picking up through the ears and making meaning of within uh, the brain it becomes harder and harder and harder to become anxious they may have become anxious because of big volume already Mm -hmm. they might have become anxious already more so because of a tone edgy angry annoyed sarcastic tone and now on top of it we're speeding up the rate of speech and the person receiving this information, their smart part of the brain is kind of shutting down because they're anxious. And their emotional brain is going up auditorily. You can't process it very well. So if we start talking really fast and we start putting out a whole information really quickly, quick, 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 <laughs> then it's like they're trying to make sense of it. It's frustrating. And now what we've done is we've just scaffolded up uh, the levels of potential rupture in that moment. Mm-hmm. Watch your volume, watch your tone, slow down a bit. Big three. Comments, questions, or concerns? So how does, I imagine that nonverbal um, communication plays a lot into um, judging, you know, whether or not I'm being too loud or too talking too fast for someone, right? So what are some... 
ways I can, other than just, you know, being aware um, and trying to be mindful when I'm, I'm communicating, what are some ways I can tell, oh, hey, maybe I'm being too much for this person right now, or maybe I got to bring it, bring it down a bit. Mm, okay, so you're going to, oh, that's a great uh, query, because if we become aware and we start to notice and we start to be observant with what we're taking in through our eyes and ears, um, but especially with our, our, our vision, you're going to notice something happen within someone else. Mm-hmm. It could be subtle and not subtle. Uh, typically, if somebody's becoming un- uncomfortable, anxious because of high volume, tone, speed of speech, and anxiety levels are going up, there's going to be some avoidance, right? Mm Because they don't want to be in that situation. What does avoidance look like? Um, Shrinking back a bit. Shrinking back a bit. Maybe furrowing your brow. Yeah. Um, You're going to notice that they want to get out of that situation. You might actually see them physically retreat, Mm -hmm. right? Back up. Want some more space. Mm -hmm. Um, You may see within their facial expression that they are, their mood's getting affected. Yeah. Anxiety is going up. Mood gets affected in negative ways. So now, right, you, you mentioned it. It's the subtle things of the brow might uh, be doing something that might convey annoyance or frustration, anger. Um, they may become extra fidgety also. Mm-hmm. Everybody self-regulates in their own ways through their body system all of the time to manage anxiety to self-regulate in stressful situations if high volume tone cadence is coming at me i always have the need to i want to feel better right now mm-hmm. what am i going to do to make that happen i might start chewing my nails right because that's mm-hmm. a self-regulation thing i might start um tapping my feet i might get extra fidgety my body needs to move mm-hmm. right my hands need to do something my especially the mouth piece right that needs to do something to help me self-regulate yeah we talked about that before why do they call it a soother for infants and toddlers because it soothes right that can come up um so we're gonna watch and see what's going on if somebody's retreating, if a facial expression is showing any sort of emotion that doesn't really fit, pick that up. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe I need to so take I, her down. I guess that's something in and of itself to be mindful of. Is So like I, I'm thinking of not just personal interactions, but especially professional interactions, right? So if you're talking to your, your coworker or your employee and you're giving direction, maybe you're looking at your phone or you're typing on your computer, writing something down. And if I'm talking too fast or I'm coming at you and, and you're not picking any of this up, but I'm not looking at you until I turn it, say, and go, got it? And mm-hmm. you just, uh-huh. I'm sure. Yeah. And then that's... I walk out and then that person has no idea what I've just communicated or what direction I've just given or they, they can't hold on to all of it. Like maybe let's say I, I gave some specific direction and like go clean this room and don't forget about these three steps or whatever. And I'd all they took in was the broad, the general, like this room, go do something in there. So always come back to, so in that situation for that case study, if you will, mm-hmm. 
what would you do differently? Okay. I would probably like look at them as I'm talking to them. And what's uh, what's underneath that? It's mindful living, mm-hmm. being present in the here and the now. Now be here, here be now. Mm-hmm. When we do that, it has positive benefits in both professional and personal life. But as soon as we stop noticing and being present and watching, observing others, uh, we're setting ourselves up. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the Rosewater Connection. We'll be back next week for the second half of this conversation on conversation, where Heidi will share a few of her tips and strategies for how she approaches conversations. Until then, you can rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with anyone you think might be interested. And while you're at it, why not check out the link tree at the bottom of this episode description, where you can learn more about what BGC Saskatoon and the Shift Counseling Services have going on. And you know what else? We even have a Microsoft forum in that very same link tree, where you can provide feedback on this episode and podcast in general, and leave suggestions for future episodes. All right, now you've got some work to do, and so do I. So get to it, and we'll see you back next Thursday for another episode. Bye now. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you, Heidi? Did you say? I, I did. Kinda, okay. I did. Great. And then I asked Good. how you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Let's go back to Wes. I apologize. Back I'm, to Heidi. It's hard to pay attention and listen to everything in the background. You're doing a great job at the same time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that. We but. might not get beyond the introduction today, and that's okay. <laughs>